From Bernie Sanders to Beto O'Rourke, dozens of Democratic politicians are thinking about challenging Donald Trump for president in 2020. But only little-known Congressman John Delaney has actually announced his candidacy. In this edition of CNBC's Speakeasy podcast, we ask him why and explore what this wealthy former financial company CEO brings to the Democratic contest. Over Chinese food in his Maryland district, we discussed his plans for overcoming obscurity by promoting universal health care, curbing carbon emissions, and demonstrating the business skills he says President Trump lacks. What does it make you a Democrat? So, you know, it's probably, I have a real social justice orientation. It probably comes from my, my roots and my faith. My wife and I are active Catholics. And so we identify very much with the social justice mission of, of the church. And, and I think that has made me much more oriented to the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And I also am someone, even though I'm a capitalist, and I've spent most of my career in the private sector as an entrepreneur starting businesses, I believe strongly that there's a role for government to prepare our citizens for the world and to create a safety net for those that are inevitably left behind. Now, when you say you're a capitalist, do you get the feeling that the drift of your party is in a different direction or not? Well, no, not necessarily. I actually think the Democratic Party is pretty aligned on most things. Just like any political party, though, it's big, mm -hmm. and there are people who, you know, align more with the Democratic Socialist part of our party. And while I share some of the, the goals that they're trying to achieve, like universal health care and making sure college is affordable and things like that, I happen to believe the private economy is an amazing innovation machine and has really been one of the things that have absolutely distinguished our country from other countries around the world. So I, I think it's somewhat of a false choice to, to have to choose between capitalism and supporting the private economy, but also having government have a role in helping people's lives. A whole bunch of people thinking about running for president yes. on your side. But you're the only one who's actually declared yes. and done it. Well, I think I'm the right person for the job and I have the right vision for the country, but not enough people know who I am. So that's why I had to declare early, right? To make sure I could get out there and introduce myself to the key voters in Iowa and New Hampshire. How would you describe the shape of the field and your place in it? I don't know. I don't really think about it in those terms, in part because I'm a bit of a different kind of Democrat. If you look at the things I've worked on in the Congress, they've been progressive, they've been big ideas that kind of, I think, will really change the, this country and make the future better. But I've consistently worked on finding common ground to get them done. What have you uh, learned in the six years that you've been in the Congress that makes you think that individually, as a person, you're ready to be president and professionally have the capacity to galvanize the kinds of support you need to right. become president? Well, I think I have the perfect background to, be the, to have the privilege of being the president of the United States. Growing up in a blue-collar family, I've lived the American dream, which is so central to who we are as a nation and is what I think most parents want for their kids. I was an entrepreneur, started these businesses from scratch. You know, my dad didn't give me any money to start them. They didn't have any. And I think it's incredibly important that we have a president that understands how the private economy really works and knows how to position the country to be successful. But I've also now... Do you think we have a president now who understands how no, the private economy works? Listen, I don't think the president, right now, you know, President Trump, I don't think he's a business leader. I think he was a business promoter. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what I did as a business leader. I created jobs. I paid all my bills. I innovated. 
I hired the best and the brightest. I made sure that every relationship I had was as good as possible and that people wanted to do business with me again. And I don't think he did any of those things, right? But, but I do think we need a president who understands the economy. But I also rolled up my sleeves and I went to the Congress. I've served six years in the House of Representatives, mm -hmm. so I know how the government works. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be electing people to lead our country who have never done public service. And I think, I, again, that's an issue with this president. I don't think he had any idea what he was getting into. Let me go back to Trump for one second. Sure. Do you think that as a, a brand matter that Trump's presidency certainly among Democrats, has discredited the idea of a business guy no. becoming president. No, because I think the things that he has done that has so offended Democrats have nothing to do with the fact that he was in business. Mm -hmm. Because again, I don't think he's really bringing a business person's headset to the job. What business people do... You, you think, to, just to, to state it more sure. bluntly, you think the whole idea that he was a successful business executive is baloney. I think he was a very successful business promoter and he was very good at licensing his name. Right? That was his skill in business. And that's and I a give kind him of business skill. And he yeah. was successful at that. Yeah. But I don't think that's a set of business skills that is really needed to be the chief executive of the country. Mm -hmm. The kind of business skills that are needed to be the chief executive of the country is to have some vision about where things are going and to position our country to be as competitive and successful in that future as possible. And that's a different set of business skills. The other thing he doesn't do is he doesn't build coalitions of support. One of the things I always had to do as a business leader is get my team members and my clients and people who support, you know, I ran two public companies, investors, I had to get broad buy-in as to what we were doing, and that's one of the things I think is missing in this country. So this restaurant is the place where you used to come when you ran your business across the yep. street. Tell me about that business. So it was my second company. It was a company called Capital Source, which focused on financing small to mid-sized companies all over the country. So our niche was companies that were growing too fast for their local community bank, but weren't big enough to be served by the big banks. So I built a business to target just that part of the market. It became a good-sized company. We ended up financing 5,000 companies. I took it public. I ran it until I decided to run for Congress. So I spent most of my career helping small businesses get the capital they need to grow. So why politics? Well, you know, I'd always, I know this may sound a little corny, but my wife and I always thought of our life as kind of a third learning, a third earning and a third serving. So I always wanted to dedicate a meaningful amount of my time to public service. Mm -hmm. And it probably grew out of, of some of the philanthropic stuff we were doing. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it was the way for me to make the most transformative difference. Mm -hmm. It was to take some of the core beliefs I had, plus my experience in the private sector as an entrepreneur starting businesses, and really bring that to public service and not only do things to improve our economy, but to just help uh, as many people as I could. Do you want to be known as a pro-business Democrat? Well, listen, I'm a, I'm a pro-jobs Democrat, and if you want to be pro-jobs, you to some extent have to be pro-business, mm -hmm. because business creates all the jobs in this country, right? So I think about kind of this notion of capitalism and trying to make it more just and inclusive over time. Do you think the current level of regulation of Wall Street and American business is adequate? I think in some ways it is, and you know, some ways it isn't. You know, it's hard. It, 
Look at, I don't think we've done enough for, we talked about climate. I think our efforts to put protections on our natural world in a classic sense have been good and appropriate. Mm -hmm. But have we done enough to deal with what's happening with carbon and what that's going to lead to climate change? Absolutely not. Do I think we've done things to strengthen the financial system and make it so that we can withstand another significant downturn in the economy? Absolutely. The banks are much stronger than they were. What do you make of the big gyrations we've seen in financial markets over the last several weeks, a couple months actually? I don't read too much into it. The markets go up and down because of how people think about the future, but also how they think about how things are priced. So I look more at what's happening to people, you know, what's happening to our citizens. I mean, last year the Federal Reserve said that half of our country, if presented with a $500 surprise expense, mm -hmm. meaning they wake up, something happens to their car, their house, or their, their health, their health care, and they need $500, mm -hmm. they don't have the savings or they don't have the capacity on their credit card. That's half the country. That to me is a much more worrisome statistic than what's happening with the stock market. That after 2020, when you hope to be president, what are the two or three most urgent things for Democrats to do? I think we should build infrastructure. I think we should raise the earned income tax credit to put more money in people's pockets. Mm -hmm. I think we should fix our broken immigration and criminal justice reforms. Now, how do we pay for the first two things that you just mentioned? So I had a proposal to build a trillion dollar of infrastructure fully paid for. 40 Democrats, 40 Republicans, head of Freedom Caucus, head of Progressive Caucus, and I paid for it by tying it to international tax reform, which they did in the last tax bill, but they didn't pair it to infrastructure. Right. How much better would that tax reform bill if within it? Okay, that's water under the bridge. But you can re-reform re it and pay for infrastructure, right? So instead of cutting the corporate tax rate from 35 to 21, if you were to cut it from 35 to 25, which is what the business community asked for, right. you could have had a trillion dollar infrastructure program. So you'd like to take that corporate tax rate up a few points? As part of launching a trillion dollar infrastructure program? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'd like more earned income tax credit, mm -hmm. and I would probably pay for that. What I'd like to do is, is reform the capital gain system, mm -hmm. right? I think um, capital gains rates and ordinary income rates should be the same mm -hmm. unless you own the asset for a very long time. Right. So I'd like to create incentives for people to own assets for seven or 10 years, because that means they'll invest in startups, they'll invest in infrastructure, the kind of stuff we need that has a much longer payback. What should the top personal rate be? I think the top personal rate where it was before this last tax bill was fine. 39.6? Yeah, that was fine. Where does strengthening the ability to of workers to organize and what they what workers can do once they are organized where does that fit into your agenda i'm pro-union right i think unions are the only people who wake up every day and actually fight for workers mm -hmm. and they just don't fight for the workers in the unions they fight for all workers so i want to create a dynamic where it's a level playing field and unions have the right to organize but i also realize a lot of the economy is not unionized right now and that's fine neither are my companies should it be no i don't think I don't think things should or shouldn't be. I think people should have the right to organize. And if it makes sense for them and the company, they should do it. But neither of my businesses were unionized. You've been at this a year and a half. Yes. You got a very nice column from George Will about yeah. your uh, candidacy, but you're at 1%. Yeah. What conclusions do you draw right now about the viability of this enterprise since you know that people are going to watch this and say, come on, he doesn't have a chance? We think we have a great chance. I mean, so I've been to all 99 counties. We've got 25 people on the ground in Iowa. I've got six offices open. I've got about 40 people on the team. We're going to run a major campaign in 2019. I'm going to be all over Iowa, New Hampshire. You're self-financing it. Yes. 
I have the ability to finance my campaign through Iowa, New Hampshire. And is the only measure from your standpoint of the success of what you're doing now is if you become president? So when my wife and I decided to do this, which is a leap of faith by definition. Absolutely. Right? Where you have to say, are we doing it for the right reason, mm -hmm. right? That's the first question we have to ask ourselves. And we answer that, yes. Do we think we have something to say? Do we see a path to viability? Mm -hmm. And the answers to all of those questions were yes. Mm -hmm. And as long as I stay true to what I believe, which is this message of unity, common purpose, and actually looking at the facts, being honest with the American people about our problems, being honest about the solutions, and bringing people together to get those things done, as long as I stay true to that, there's no way this could be a bad experience. Well, that's it for this edition of Speakeasy. Thanks for listening. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us your feedback. Talk soon.